0: Growing up, I took for granted the neighborhood and community I lived in. Quiet, peaceful cherry trees blooming in the spring. I would walk to school each morning with my friend who lived across the street. Maybe it was because of this, but I felt a strong desire to own a home myself. It wasn't until I was much older that I realized just what my parents had to have sacrificed to keep me in that neighborhood. I guess that's why millennials get a bad rap. We just don't understand what it takes to make it. Regardless. I pushed myself to save everything I could to purchase a home. Grinding nail to the bone, I worked three jobs for five sleepless years to get enough just to qualify with the down payment. I'm not sure what motivates me besides my drive to have what I used to. Perhaps an overwhelming nostalgia of being a child in a haven of promising landscape. Who knows? I met with a loan officer on a Thursday. I had to get one of my coworkers at the retail store to cover my shift, just so I could meet and sign papers. They were nice enough people, as far as you could say. You were paying them for their time while signing your life away on a sheet of paper. It's almost cruel how they show you how much money this is going to cost you. As if you didn't know. This is how much we own you. Thanks, guys. Got it. However, signing that paper and being told I now own my home was somehow the most liberating feeling in the world. I could ditch the crappy apartment, ditch the couch surfing between spots. Start building my life, finally. Saying my obligatory thank yous and goodbyes to the financial reps, I drove by the house again. Flicking the signal to make a right off the main arterial road into town, I settled the car on the street, next to a single story with a basement house. Sun burning down onto the cracked and chipped concrete, I stepped out onto the land I bought with my blood and sweat of five years. The lead paint flaked like spring tree leaves grass looked more like dandelions and clover than you might envision those old visions of utopia from 1950s advertisements, but it was mine, darn it. I earned this. I moved in a couple weeks later, borrowed on the labored backs of some close friends. We managed to get my humble beginnings into the new home. Several boxes were put downstairs in the basement for later organization. One of my friends noted how clean the foundation slab of the basement was that it almost looked new in the dim lights that illuminated the unfinished space. I explained this was one of the reasons I liked this house, that despite its age, which was around 90 years, it had been impeccably maintained. We finished moving the boxes, and after some cracked beers and pizza, my company departed and I was left alone to absorb my new surroundings. With the immediate feelings of congratulations fading, I walked through the home in the evening light, Concentrating on the tactile quiet of four walls not shared with other people, I smiled at the achievement I worked so hard to reach. Yawning and stretching my arms, I walked down the hallway to my bedroom for the night. Slipping into the cotton sheets, I drifted into sleep almost immediately. Almost as quickly as I fell asleep, I was yanked from my deep slumber into a room bathed in darkness. Tapping tapping on something hard like a countertop jolted me awake in the middle of the night rubbing my dry eyes from a night of drinking I found my way to the bathroom drinking from the faucet, standing still for a moment, I listened for the sound that woke me up I strained my ears, trying to listen past the water flowing through pipes creaks of my house working tirelessly to hold my old roof beyond that, nothing I imagined it, I must have The next day at work, I powered through shadowy eyes and a desire to fall asleep on every one of my breaks. I promised myself that I would go to bed early tonight, focus on work so that I could make this new mortgage payment I'd inflicted on myself. Jamie, a co-worker of mine, noted how tired I was, figuring it was because of my move he congratulated me on the achievement. In fact, most of the crew at the retail store knew about my house closing and were pretty understanding of my being tired. When my shift ended, I happily punched the clock and exited the building. The mocking sun was still out and burned my eyes as I exited the sliding building doors. Convincing myself that I would make up for this day with a good night's sleep, I went to my car and turned to the ignition. Shoveling down a fast dinner, I went to my room to get ready for the night. The bed in my room seemed very welcoming and I couldn't wait to get some sleep. Through the window of my bedroom, the sky was painted pink and red against the clouds like a lazy painter's brush. It was just enough for me to resolve myself to sleep, and I closed my eyes. Again, I was pulled into the darkness of my room, tapping again, but not just tapping, more like knocking was coming from somewhere in the house. I laid there, momentarily dazed from my deep sleep, realizing that not only was I now awake, but I could clearly, unmistakably, horribly hear the tapping I thought I had imagined than the previous night. It slowly began to dawn on me that this noise was unlike anything random in the house, not like a faucet drip with a creak of a house, more like someone intentionally tapping a window to get your attention, with the hollow thud of it against a hard surface. As I lay there, the sound intensified, going from a tap, 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 to a knock, knock, bang, bang, Something, someone, was trying to get my attention. I crawled out of bed carefully, trying not to make too much noise on the floorboards of my room. My instinct was to check the front door, but as I moved toward the front of my house, it occurred to me that the sound was not coming from the entrance, it was coming from below me. There's not really any sensation quite like the feeling like an intruder could be in your home. My gut developed a hole, My skin went cold as if the room dropped 10 degrees suddenly. Frozen in my steps, staring at the floorboards where the sound emanated from, I thought quickly about what to do. Reaching into a nearby closet, I grabbed an old baseball bat from my high school sports days. Gripping the cool leather in my hands together, I slowly approached the basement door, the pathway to the only place in the house that could possibly have this person in it. Twisting the handle of the door and pulling carefully, The old door hinges whined in complaint as the door opened slowly. As the sound of the door hinges rang out, the knocking suddenly stopped. I stood, staring into the dark stairwell waiting for whoever it was to show themselves. I flicked on the light switch that controls the dim lights and the bottom of the stairwell became illuminated. From the top of the stairs, I could see the entire basement under the house subfloor. I peeked into the room which, other than having my boxes shoved against the walls, was surprisingly empty. Gingerly, I stepped down each step slowly, taking in my surroundings. Looking into each corner of the room, I didn't see anything unusual that would cause me alarm. No intruder to speak of. The windows all appeared still latched from the inside. How could they have gotten out of the basement so quickly? Also, the only way out would have been these windows. In that moment of contemplation, the knocking, no, the banging came back louder than I ever expected it to have been. I nearly jumped out of my skin as I realized it wasn't coming from inside the room, but from below my concrete foundation slab. But that's impossible. There's no way someone is down there. The sound, whatever it was, begged to differ with that opinion and got only louder. The bangs then turned suddenly to scratching noises. Something was trying to claw its way into the house through a solid cement slab. I'd had enough. I ran back up the stairs of the basement, shut the door, and locked it. I went back to my bedroom, found my nearest headphones, and resolved myself to sleeping through loud music for the rest of the night to drown out the pounding noise from the basement. The next morning came, and the sounds of the basement had vanished. I was tired again, but now much more terrified, realizing that what I had heard wasn't some product of my brain and REM sleep. That was real. I did not imagine those sounds. I dressed for work, and as I head out the door, glanced at the basement door, still locked. Unsure of what else to do, I left for my day and tried to forget what happened. Normally, I'm eager to see the hours tick away at work. Now I dreaded what it meant to go home. Would I hear the same sounds? Would I ever sleep again? I took my time packing up to leave work. Even went to a sit-down restaurant for dinner, something I hadn't done since I began my goal of owning my own home. It would have been comforting, maybe rewarding, after signing the papers of the house. Now, though, it felt like it was just prolonging an inevitable conclusion. I would have to deal with whatever this was. With apprehension weighing on me, I paid for my food, began my trek home. The house was calm when I entered. No sign of anything unusual. Glancing at the basement door again, I moved toward my bedroom and resolved to head into bed immediately. This time, I would go straight to my headphones if I heard anything. Maybe talk to my friends in the morning about what to do. I pulled the bed covers over my head as if, like a child, this would somehow protect me from whatever was haunting my sleepless nights. What I wasn't prepared for was the screaming that pierced every wall of the home. Slamming my hands against my ears, I strained to block out the noise. It was almost like an animal. A male and female tone blended to one to make an unnatural howl. The sound was accompanied by ferocious scraping against concrete in the basement below me. I grabbed my backpack and ran for the front door. I was out of there, practically breaking down the door into the cold bite of the evening air. The only thing I could think of doing was going to a hotel. After a night of working out what I was going to do without much success, I showered and made my way to work. I could barely pay attention to the customers and their questions. What I was experiencing turning over in my head like an engine that never starts. I'd never experienced a problem like this where I had no idea where to go, no idea what to do. My boss, probably noticing I was not myself, sent me to go on a break. Said, if I'm not feeling well, to go ahead and take the rest of the day off. I made my way to the break room, thinking that any other time a free day off would be something I enjoyed. Now the prospect of spending more time in this terrible situation was the last thing I wanted. I sat down at the shared table in the break room. Jamie was eating his lunch quietly, reading from a year old magazine the various employees throw on the table for public use. He looked up as I entered and watched me sit down. He asked me how I was feeling probably noting I wasn't myself. I'm not sure what made me do it, but I conveyed my story to him in all the hair-raising detail that I could help him understand. He listened while continuing to eat his lunch, almost unfazed by the story I was telling. I thought at first that maybe he didn't believe me, but then he responded to my story with, Don't you think you should go home and let me out? These words hung in the air awkwardly as Jamie stared directly into my eyes. Then slowly, his face peeled into a smile. His face slowly stretched unnaturally till the smile reached both his ears and continued up his head. I stood suddenly, kicking the chair I was sitting in across the room behind me. I backed away toward the exit, Jamie, or whatever this was, following me with its eyes as I left. Not wanting to turn my back on the break room as I headed back into the store, I bumped into another person. It was Jamie. Hey man, watch out. I just looked at him in disbelief. Then back at the break room where I was just talking to him. It. I don't know. I turned, went to the hardware section and grabbed a pickaxe off of the wall. There was no escaping this. And I'm going to end it right now, no matter what happens. Walked out the door. My boss, asking behind me what's going on. Where am I going? got into my car, and peeled out of the parking lot and onto the road with more determination than I'd ever felt in my life. The house was silent when I went in, but it may as well have been on fire for all I cared. I marched down to the basement with my new tool. Pulling my work uniform off, I gripped the waxy wood handle and began driving the pick into the newly laid concrete. I wasn't aware of the hours passing. But after some uncounted amount of time, I pick punched through the cement into open air. A few more swings, and I had created a manhole-sized opening in my basement floor. A mixed feeling of fear and confusion overwhelmed me. How is there a hole here? It's a solid cement slab, right? I looked into the opening, and what I saw perplexed me. I was looking into what seemed to be the underside of a subfloor with joists exposed. Looking into the hole, I had an indescribable desire to look further into the space. When I did so, an enormous sense of vertigo overwhelmed my senses. I found myself not upside down with my head inside of a hole, but pulling myself up suddenly because of a feeling like I was falling. I pulled my body up through the hole I was previously kneeling over. I was back in my basement, or was I? I looked back through the hole in the floor, and again I saw the floor joists. It occurred to me to look up and realized what I was seeing was the ceiling of the basement, floor joists of the main floor of the house. The only difference in appearance was that the hole on this side had large gashes in the concrete around the hole as if some large tool had cleaved out portions of the concrete to get through. Taking in my surroundings, I walked toward the staircase and then up the stairs to the main floor. Nothing seemed out of place, except for the light. Instead of a sunny day, I was met with a gray palette of color. Moving to the front door and looking out the window, there were no clouds in the sky, just a gray sheet dominating the horizon. I walked out into the front yard and continued to examine this new world I had entered. There was no traffic, no wind, no people. Breathing in the still air seemed to be the most disturbance of environment than anything else. It was in that moment of reflection that I caught movement out of the corner of my eye, something crawling on all fours, back turned upward, making its way toward me. When I turned to look at it, It stopped and stood on two legs. It was close enough for me to make out two black eyes, slits for a nose, and what I assumed was some sort of mouth. Its skin was pale gray and wrinkled at the joints. It slowly opened its mouth into an impossibly large opening and began wailing that inhuman howl at me. I turned on my heel and ran back into the house, through the hole in vertigo I had experienced before, I jumped the steps of the basement staircase, three at a time, and slammed the door shut, pinging the lock into place. I felt something slam into the other side of the door, throwing me back off of it. The howl began again on the other side of the door, and the scratching began again. I grabbed some spare floorboards from the garage that the previous owner had left and began hammering them in place against the basement door to reinforce it. I ran from the house and to my car, resigning myself never to return. Hitting the gas, I put as many miles between myself and that terror as I could. The next day, I spoke to an agent and put the house on the market. I accepted the first offer I could. A below-market cash offer from some out-of-state company. I didn't care if I lost money. I wanted as far away as I could be. I don't know what I released into this world, but I hope whatever it is crawls back into that hole below.